0: In our family, the 4th of July was a really important holiday. It was right there with Memorial Day and Labor Day, uh, an excuse for dad to pull out his big Weber kettle grill, throw some charcoal in there, uh, light the fuel. I love the smell of the lighting charcoal and barbecue ribs and dogs and burgers for us. It was a time when we celebrated um, our freedom, when we celebrated American freedom. Mom would always make a red, white and blue outfit for me and my sister Wanda. One year it was red, white, and blue hot pants, honey. We were very cute with our red shirts on. This was my, my childhood innocence, celebrating American freedom, waiting to see the Boston pops on orchestra, playing all the beautiful songs. Um, this was the way the 4th of July felt to me. I don't know about you, but it doesn't feel that way to me now, and it hasn't for years. I mean, it is true that our nation became a nation, and I get that, but it feels fraught these days. And I'm especially shaking, quite frankly, not able to catch myself as I think about the president of the United States standing on stolen land, saying words that sound on one level right and true, and on the other level are laced with lies and frankly B. S. Take a listen. We gather tonight to herald the most important day in the history of our nations, July 4th, 1776. At those words, every American heart should swell with pride. Every American family should cheer with delight. And every American patriot should be filled with joy because each of you lives in the most magnificent country in the history of the world. And it will soon be, wait for it greater than ever before. Our founders launched not only a revolution in government, but a revolution in the pursuit of justice, equality, liberty, and prosperity. No nation has done more to advance the human condition than the United States of America. And no people have done more to promote human progress than the citizens of our great nation. We will proclaim the ideals of the Declaration of Independence. We will never surrender the spirit and the courage and the cause of July 4, 1776. Upon this ground, parenthesis from Jackie, the stolen ground, we will stand firm and unwavering. In the face of lies meant to divide us, demoralize us and diminish us, we will show that the story of America unites us, inspires us, includes us all and makes everyone free. This is the part that really. We must demand that our children are taught once again to see America, as did Reverend Martin Luther King, when he said that the founders had signed a promissory note. To every future generation, Dr. King saw that the mission of justice required us to fully embrace our founding ideals. Those ideals are so important to us, the founding ideals. He called on his fellow citizens not to rip down their heritage, but to live up to their heritage. Okay. How dare he arrogantly toss around the words of the great Frederick Douglass and the great Martin Luther King Jr.? How dare he invoke the names of our great heroes, Harriet Tubman, Jesse Owens, Louis Armstrong, Muhammad Ali, and others, and say they would never have been able to become who they were, except for being America? When the truth is that they were able to survive and thrive in this hot mess of a nation, still dripping with the hatred of black bodies, still yearning for the blood of anyone who is not white, straight, and rich, they were only able to do it because of their tenacity and strength. And let's get King straight. Let's get him straight, sir. This is what he said at the Washington March, right after Juneteenth, this is what he said. He said, in a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our great republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men and white men, would be guaranteed the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given its colored people a bad check, a check that's come back marked insufficient funds. But King went on to say, we refuse to believe that the bank of injustice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity. We refuse to believe that, so we have come to cash this check, he said, a check that will give us, upon our demand, the riches of freedom and the security of justice. And King also reminded the people of the fierce urgency of now. He said, this is not the time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now's the time to make real the promise of democracy. Friends, now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to make justice a reality to all of God's children. It's not enough to watch fireworks and sing patriotic songs. We, the people of the United States of America, we, the darker brothers and sisters, we, all of us, allies and accomplices, must make America just, democratic, fair and make it work for all of us for the very first time. This is what our forefathers wrote. They who felt manifest destiny, they who got on boats and travel across the pond to these United States to land Turtle Island already belonging to indigenous people. This is the dream of their heart. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bonds which they've connected with another and to assume among the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and the nature of God entitled them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Yes, they said men, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, the rights that are among them, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their powers from the consent of the governed that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter it, to abolish it, to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and their happiness. Friends, America doesn't work. Friends, America is broken. Friends, American democracy is a pile of rubble, littered with blood and suffering and sweat and tears. The writer of Zechariah wrote to an exiled people, a people separated from their livelihood, separated from their government, separated from their temple and sent to a strange land. And when those people were returning home, when they were coming home from exile, they came to broken down places. They came to to rubble, to to destruction. They came to a few old people and a few children left behind because they didn't have the skills or the power or the stuff that was worth exporting to another place. The writer of Zechariah paints a vision, a vision of a preferred reality one in which God's presence would be so full in the city, in the space, that there would be glory and justice and righteousness. The writer painted a picture of a place so safe that senior citizens and children would kick it in the street and have that, I don't know, barbecue party that I'm so yearning for in a time and a place when everybody is safe and well. America doesn't work, my friends. It didn't work in the time of Frederick Douglass, and it's not working in this time for us now. By now, you've no doubt seen all over the interweb pieces of Douglass's speech that he preached, the preaching that he did on July 5 because he refused to talk on July 4 in which he said, fellow citizens, I'm not wanting in respect for the fathers of this Republic, the signers of this Declaration of Independence were brave men. They were great men, too great enough to give frame to a great age. It doesn't often happen to a nation to raise at one time such a number of truly great men. The point from which I'm compelled to view them though is not the most favorable. And yet I I cannot contemplate their great deeds with less than admiration. They were statesmen, patriots, heroes, and for the good they did and the principles they contended, I will unite with you to honor their memory. But, but, oh, had I the ability and could reach the nation's ear, I would today pour out a fiery stream of biting ridicule, blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it's not light that's needed, but the fire. It's not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm the whirlwind, and the earthquake. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. America doesn't work, my friends. It just doesn't work. And we need the storm, we need the whirlwind, and we need the earthquake. Now, Frederick Douglass wasn't a a, a climatologist as far as I could tell, and I'm certainly not. So I had to take myself to the dictionary, honey, to look up storm. Storm, any disturbed state of a body especially affecting its surface and strongly implying a wind force. It may be marked by significant disruptions like lightning and thunder and rain. A disturbance, a storm is a disturbance. By the way, uh, my friend at the Auburn a seminary called me Storm. That's my ex name for my my superpowers. Yes, Halle Berry was Storm and and they say that I'm Stormy, that I can bring the sunshine and I can bring the rain. I'll tell you what is true. I am disturbed in my body and I hope you are too. I hope that we are disturbed in our body, disturbed in our spirits, disturbed in our souls because when we're disturbed, when we're disturbed and we need to be so disturbed in our guts, so disgusted, so disappointed, so despairing about the present conditions in this nation that we have no choice but to see ourselves as disruptors. We must disrupt the apathy that still exists in this nation about the lives of black people, even in this time. How many of you are still arguing with your friends about why we say black lives matter? Don't all lives matter? Of course, all lives matter. Of course, all lives matter. Someone told me a story. You've got one kid in your house who who has a cut on her finger and you have another kid in the house who fell down and broke his arm. Which one are you attending to? The cut or the broken arm? All lives matter, but we have to defend Black lives. We have to support Black lives. And what do I mean by that? We have to shop in Black stores, put our resources in Black areas, go to Black restaurants, We need to fund black learning, make a donation to the United Negro College Fund, get involved with raising black geniuses with our care and our support. We must consume, and what I mean by that is learn, not appropriate, but consume black culture and history and music, because black culture is our culture. Black history is our culture. And we must never default to all lives matter until black lives matter. Because when black lives matter, when black education is the same as white, when black wealth is the same as white, when black neighborhoods have the same resources as white, when black school districts have great teachers and great computers and great books and great laptops as white, when black incarceration rates go down, when black mortality rates go down, then we can say black lives finally matter. And then we can say, All lives matter. I had to look up whirlwind, because you know, I'm not a climatologist. A major whirlwind, such as a tornado, is formed by supercell thunderstorms, the most powerful of storms. And when those storms start to spin, when they react with each other, and high altitude winds happen, they create a funnel and it spins and spins and spins, and suddenly, suddenly, we have a whirlwind. Friends, Frederick Douglass says we need a storm and we need a whirlwind. We need a whirlwind in order to reclaim our democracy. We need to put your storm with my storm, your disturbance with my disturbance. We need a whole tsunami of disturbances whirling together to make this world just. A concrete demand from the the Black Lives Matter movement is to reclaim our democracy by fighting against voter suppression. And I want you to know that the anti-racist groups in Middle Church are working just on that. They've moved from studying and reading to become advocates to reclaim our democracy as we reclaim the vote. Claudia, Susan, and 20 other folks all work together on this voting project and they're happy to have you join them if they say you're ready to roll up your sleeves. So far, they've written 6,235 postcards to voters to encourage them. To be registering, to they're also working to make sure that we get people who've been purged from the rolls back on the rolls so they can vote. They are not, they are not standing for any particular candidate. Although wink, they are standing for certain values, and they're standing for liberty and justice and fairness. They're standing against racism and for uh, LGBTQI justice. They're standing for the rights of women and children. They're standing for us to save the climate. We. Are they? And we understand that protecting the right to vote is the way we protect our democracy. This, this is the kind of whirlwind that we need. And Frederick Douglass says we also need the earthquake. And just to say, I understand an earthquake is about two pieces of the earth coming together and pushing up the land. But since I didn't know that much about earthquakes, I looked that up as well. An earthquake is a word used to describe any seismic event, whether natural or, and I love this, caused by humans, that generates seismic waves. We need an earthquake. At the middle of an earthquake, science says, is a hypocenter. That's the thing that causes the quake to happen in the first place. I'm going to say dead Black people seems to be the kind of hypocenter that is causing us to erupt, to move, to work, to change things. We need an earthquake. We need to question every assumption we've made about what this, what this democracy needs to work. We need to make connections between the violence of the police and the violence of the, of, the, of the folks set back out to capture escaping slaves. We need to understand that this nation was built on violence, is therefore policed by violence, And therefore, it is a dangerous place for people like me. We need to shake up our every assumption. And the Movement for Black Lives is demanding, demanding that we defund the police. Wow, defund the police. Some of my friends are saying to me, do you think we should defund the police? What do you mean, Jackie, by defund the police? Well, I've just been doing some some research around it. Is it possible to shift millions of dollars out of police budgets into other places in civic life? The answer to that is absolutely 100% yes. Is it possible that rather than having police officers show up heavily armed and angry and afraid to the houses of citizens who might be just struggling with mental illness, that we could in fact put more resources into mental health? The answer is absolutely. Is it possible that rather than having police just looking around the the, the neighborhood for any dropped pair of pants, any hat turned around backwards, any child, any woman's child looking like a dangerous threat, that instead we create community policing programs where those boys and those police officers are shooting hoops and, and, and building playgrounds together? Absolutely. We need an earthquake, my friends. An earthquake that shakes up every assumption we have about how to hold ourselves together and create something new. Because America America's not working. It's not working for me. I dream a world where I don't have to preach sermons like this anymore. I dream a world where Octavius and Ophelia and your children are all judged, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I dream a world where there are no more Matthew Shepard murders. And there are no more black trans women's murders. I dream a world where every community of faith understands that if it's not talking against racism, it should stop talking. I dream a world where it's not dangerous for my four brothers to be black men. I dream a world where young people aren't saying to themselves, gosh, I'm afraid to get in the car because I might not come home. I dream a world where God's presence is so, so obvious in every city, town, and Hamlet, that love is spoken as a common language in our diverse cultures. I dream a world where you and I know we're the ones we've been waiting for, and we find our way to to disrupt everything in our government, doesn't work. That we resuscitate any of the dream that the founders wrote and we make it real and we make it ours and we make it plain so our children are proud of us. This is my dream. What's yours? May it be so.